0: This week on Quick Save the Podcast, we're discussing our most anticipated games for the rest of 2020 and looking back at Respawn Entertainment, developers of Titanfall and Apex Legends and what they'll be remembered for this generation. Hello and welcome to the one, the only Quick Save the Podcast. I'm your host Mitch, and joining me is the least, most anticipated game of 2020, Callum. <laughs> Greetings. So, out of ten, what would you rank 2020 so far? Hmm. In terms of, are we talking games releases? I'm not being just, specific. I'm just saying,
1: give it a give it a rating. It's been a very like a very strange year. I'd, I'd probably say I'd probably say a five. Like, I feel like it's gone really fast. I don't know if you're the same. Like, it's really like I can't believe um, they're in the second half of the year.
0: Faster but, than it feels like it should. Yeah. There sure. are times where it's been quite slow and then it's gone, like, whoosh again.
1: Yeah, definitely. What about
0: you? An um, overall ranking? Probably a three. Uh, <laughs> 3.5. Probably a four. Four? Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, lots of delays and stuff.
1: Yeah, for sure, and just a very just like weird kind of disrupted year. Like it's the, the events yeah. that have happened with have just like have just affected like everything. Like it's yeah, yeah. I, I, I bleeped
0: year. what you just said because YouTube gets mad, <laughs> and um, we can't talk about. <laughs> I have to beep really that know. too. <laughs> it gives you a big. Have you seen those warnings for it on videos that mention it? No, it's I don't like think a so. like something from the Australian government, they're <laughs> so like, yeah, here is the thing about you've mentioned <laughs> and now it's just seeming like I was swearing a whole lot because I'm just using the regular beep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's very triggering for people. Yeah, instead of saying
0: it have to also beep. You don't know what I just said that unless you read my mouth. And if you did, you're a <laughs> Um so I wanna talk about something to look forward to, something that you know drives us to maybe give it a highest score in the end because we're talking about our most anticipated games for the rest of 2020 because currently, there hasn't been a lot of good games out.
1: Yeah, I feel like with this year, it's been, even with everything, like, bearing in mind, like, what's happened at the start of this year, I feel like it was always going to be a year that had probably a stronger second half as well. And I, I know that kind of often happens anyway. I wonder what
0: for. <laughs> <it's>, yeah.
1: <laughs> and there's been a lot of games that, like, we thought were going to be earlier, but then got pushed into later and stuff. So, it's, it's been kind of a weird year, but I think it'll be a, quite a strong end to the year. Um, assuming that some of these games actually, you know, don't get delayed again into
0: 2021, I have a good feeling possible. about the rest of 2020. Yeah, and um, it seems unless, to be a strong yeah, finish. Unless a huge volcano erupts and kills millions, <laughs> or a meteor hits, I think we're going okay. Yeah. So we're kind of in a cool place, moving into a new generation. We've got a new kind of range of topics planned for about what will we remember about certain developers this generation, starting with. Respawn Entertainment, but we'll Mm. get there because we're going to talk about our most anticipated games. None of them by Respawn. We made a list, cut off a lot, started with Halo. And the thing that upsets me is I don't want to feel this about Halo. Halo Infinite should be the most exciting game of the year for me. Because like growing up playing Halo, I know you're a big Halo fan as well. Mm. And just to be, like, apprehensive about it, to be, like, I don't know if 343 are going to be able to do it. Yeah, that's scary.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like, it's, yeah, like, thinking about it, like you say, like, Halo should always be, you know, the year that it's coming out. Like, it was always such a huge deal, you know what I mean? Like, even for – it was obviously the flagship of Xbox. But even just in general, there was this kind of um, sort of mystique around Halo and stuff, and people were always really excited for it. But I – it's It's almost crazy that, like I feel like for this year, I'd almost kind of forgotten that it was it was confirmed for Q four, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, it's crazy that I'm saying that, but it's like with all these other games in and around it and stuff, it's kind of lost that kind of like that same power that it used to have.
0: Yeah, which is odd. You think like it would be up to par with like the last of us part two. Everyone was so excited yeah. for that. Halo Infinite should be that, but it's not. Mm. But there are things that have me hopeful. Like, they're using the old armor, so they've obviously listened and know their art style for the new games is shit. (laughs) I'm kidding. There's actually- I actually kind of liked it, but- Yeah. It's like 343 for going for their own thing. And then they decided to go with what was popular in shooters with 5, which- Hmm. um, I've said my opinion so many times on Halo 5, I feel like a broken record. I hated it. So, (laughs) yeah, it's potentially open world. Yeah. And that's kind of fascinating-
1: Well, that's the thing that I think is actually kind of interesting about this game and that I actually think is kind of a good thing is that they're being a bit more cryptic about it and they're kind of, they're not really revealing a huge amount of information. I mean, like considering that it's confirmed for Q4, like we're not really that far out from it and we still don't really know a huge amount about the game. Like we, as you said, we know that it's kind of, they're increasing the, you know, the scale of it and stuff, but we don't really know kind of too many specific mechanics and stuff. Um, so I'm kind of like you I'm kind of just cautiously optimistic about it I'm I'm kind of just to an extent almost putting it out of my mind but I'm still excited for it to see where they go next given that it's also the final game in the trilogy like this this new trilogy that they're doing Um, so I really hope for the best I hope that it turns out to be a really good Halo game yeah Um, but I'm again as I said sort of cautiously optimistic um, given that I think that they've had kind of mixed results so far with the franchise. The good thing about Halo is there's so much to kind of draw from, like in terms of the lore and stuff. Like there's always interesting characters they can bring in and interesting kind of settings. So I, mm. they definitely have a good well of like kind of ideas that they can draw from. It's it's really just, you know, a question of how they sort of execute her um yeah and i think the multiplayer as well will be interesting to see in that one of my problems with halo especially with five is that it kind of lost its identity as halo in terms of the multiplayer like it mm. it was becoming more sort of quote-unquote like cod like and less less like halo like it originally was like aim
0: down sight and stuff clamber like all call of duty things. yeah
1: exactly so it kind of to an extent lost lost its identity as halo but i i hope that Hope for the best. Um, so fingers crossed. Yeah. Infinite.
0: So the game, I think, is exciting, and it's about damn time because it's Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. It's about time. And um, <laughs> I'm excited to see what a new Crash Bandicoot game can be. Mm. And, like, the rumours are of, like, 100 levels. Like, this hmm. is the insane trilogy worth in a single game. And what gameplay they've showed off shows that both for Bob are the developers known for Skylanders and the... Um, Spyro Remade Trilogy, so yeah, I think it's in the right hands, and I'm very excited to play this game in October. Yeah, me too. I mean,
1: I I didn't play the Crash um, Remastered Trilogy, insane but Insane Trilogy, yeah, the Insane Trilogy. I, I was a, which is kind of again just because of like kind of competing games, like not because I sort of didn't want to get around to it, but I was a massive fan of the original games growing up. I think I played. I think I played most of them, like certainly the platformers and then also kind of the spin-off like racing games and you stuff. You
0: didn't want to play the trilogy. You didn't get around to playing it.
1: Yeah, no, not the, not the um, remastered ones or like the remade ones.
0: Oh, man, that looks um, so
1: good. Yeah, they look fantastic. And like I, I think obviously that was, you know, a big litmus test to like see like how well that would sell like if they wanted to do a sequel. Um, and, and from everything I've seen, like the, the remade trilogy did exceptionally well, like it sold really well. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm really I'm really curious to to try this one out. I think it looks really cool.
0: I'm curious how the 100 levels go. See how- Yes, yeah, a lot of like, levels, yeah. <laughs> see how the quality continues because mm. that is a lot of levels. It's
1: a question of, like, quantity versus, like, quality at that point. Yeah, like, yeah. and it's
0: sort of scary. You don't see Crash going down that same path, like mm. the path to Oblivion. Like, it just- They killed Crash. And after Crash Team Racing, the trilogy, I really want to see- crash bandicoot be the icon he once was
1: yeah for sure and it's like it'll be interesting to see whether it can kind of reclaim that throne like based on kind of like sales and just kind of like how well this new game does because like this is kind of like a a new entry in the series yeah um so yeah it'll be interesting to see how it sells like how how consistently good kind of the quality is across the stages and stuff but i think everything we've seen so far looks pretty promising and um the
0: next one is sort of I could say my most anticipated, but it's only in early access. And that is Baldur's Gate 3 by Larian, Mm. makers of Divinity Original Sin 2. Yeah. Maybe my favorite game of the generation, though it's on PC. So, basically, I know it's for a lot of Baldur's Gate fans, this is not what they wanted. But as someone who Mm. is not a fan of Baldur's Gate, who really likes Divinity Original Sin, and just started to play Dungeons & Dragons, I couldn't be more excited because it looks like they're taking... Everything they knew learnt from divinity, everything they learnt from probably playing Dungeons and Dragons to create the most exciting game, yeah, <laughs> in this genre I've seen in a long time,
1: yeah, for sure, like I'm really intrigued by this game in the sense that like i obviously like I don't have the experience with the classic games and stuff, and it's it's obvious that they're trying to like you know, bring it into like a new generation and try to create like a new kind of like fan base for it and stuff as yeah. well, which I think is the right move. Like kind of obviously using stuff that's much more in line with what they did with Divinity Original Sin 2. But mm-hmm. the, the thing that made me really sort of excited about it was that cinematic trailer they showed off.
0: That was a very good cinematic. Yeah,
1: I think we watched it together and it just kind of the production values and just the kind of like polish of it was really cool. And it was, it was really kind of like horrifying and kind of like scary and stuff. And it was just, it, it really kind of sold me on- this game that, like, I, I wasn't really invested in from, you know, from the previous games. Yeah. Um, and it's cool to just see, like, a, a new studio taking over that's had a really great success over the last few years as well. Yeah. Um, so, it was a game that ordinarily I probably wouldn't have been that excited for, but I'm actually kind of- It's definitely on my radar, Baldur's Gate 3, for sure.
0: Yeah, it's on my buy immediately when available. Yeah. Because it just, like, yeah, as we are saying, the cinematic really shows the effort they were willing to put into this. Yeah. And it's definitely good to see Larian- who historically haven't really been a well-known developer. Yeah. And now finally to get their shot at making this game, which is basically, it's it's kind of reminiscent of like the 90s when Bioware and stuff started coming into creation, Mm. just like making Baldur's Gate and stuff like
1: that. And there's been such a resurgence in those games as well. You know what I mean? Like with Pillars of Eternity and like all these other games that are kind of like- harking back to that era but still doing their own thing like trying to like do something new as well um so it's, it's cool to see and and what i like as well is uh they're obviously a studio that are like very transparent with, like, showing off gameplay and, like, showing what it's yeah, actually like. And like yeah. Which it's is the good to
0: CEO say. who's playing in all these demos.
1: Yeah. Like, those developer walkthroughs and stuff. Like, it's, it seems to be kind of, like, rarer nowadays to see that. But they're actually showing off, like, you know, really good chunks of gameplay and what it actually yeah, looks like. Yeah, like,
0: unfiltered, really being. Yeah. Yeah, as you know, said, so transparent and just showing you this is the game. Mm. And that just shows you the pure passion this studio has. Yeah. Like, other studios sure. are afraid to show stuff early. Halo Infinite isn't being shown off until months before its release. Yeah. So, like, Mm. there are studios who are careful and there are studios who are transparent enough and confident with what they're doing that they're willing to show it off. Yeah. And not be afraid of criticism and to probably take it on board.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to say.
0: So, the next thing I want to talk about is coming out in the next two weeks and it's a game that's been on my radar for a long time Mm. and that's Ghost of Tsushima, which was- One of the first videos that is now gone, (laughs) so that reference doesn't work that well anymore, but it was the first one that made significant, got significant views. Mm. And it's like very, it's like exciting the first time that happens. And while that hasn't consistently kept happening, it has been a game that was very exciting the first time they showed it, but now they've showed Mm. it in more detail. And like, I'm so excited to see what Sucker Punch have been developing all these years
1: yeah for sure like it was it was a game that always conceptually like kind of like you were saying always conceptually seemed really cool but because we hadn't really gone hands-on with it we kind of weren't sure um like you were saying before i think it's really admirable they've actually you know shown off kind of like extensive kind of portions of this game in the lead up to it coming out yeah. and yeah like the, the game looks i mean it looks gorgeous it, it, even just on the the technical level in terms of how they've realized this world like it look it really does look stunning. Um And it's a real showcase for what consoles can do right at the end of this um, generation.
0: Yeah. It's like looking at all like the part, like I say, particle effects, but like when you see all the leaves fall down, like the yeah, wind effects, the movement
1: of the, yeah. Like the, everything the cape just and-
0: visually just looks like this is the final game of this generation. And mm. like, you, and talking about confidence before, like showing that off is something Sony has been co- like really confident with. Whereas it kind of shows you the difference between Microsoft and Sony in terms of one is being more open with its big, heavy-hitting games. And one's like, don't look at it until <laughs> yeah. it it's ready. And, um, yeah, I think Tsushima has what looks like a really good combat system. Mm. And they showed off a video recently of the combat system that reminded me a bit of Neo. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, rem- I remember thinking that as well in the sense that, like- And it's not just because it's in Japan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not just a setting. Like, it, it looks to be- I mean, it'll be interesting to see difficulty modes and stuff, but it looks to be, like, just given the type of game as well, I think it'll be a cool game to play on high difficulties as well, like, to, to make it a more kind of punishing experience, mm. um, you know, just for that that kind of immersion and stuff. But it's, I think, the, the feeling I get from it, I'm not sure if you're the same, Mitch, but it, it really reminds me of um, Horizon Zero Dawn, like, not obviously in terms of the game itself, but in terms of this, what's happening with the developer of the game, where it just seems like they've- You know, they're obviously known for the infamous games and stuff, which were, you know, quite respected games in their own right. But it just seems that they've now just kind of like taken the next step to another level. And it's both on a technical level and just kind of the ambition of the game. It looks like they're kind of, you know, possibly they're really kind of big kind of like statement game. And I think it's, yeah, it's really exciting. And what I like actually about what the developers have have said, even before that gameplay showcase, is they seem to be really passionate about like the, the historical period and about the setting. Um, yeah. So that they, they've really gone to land to try to make it feel like really realistic and stuff and kind of true to the period, which I think is is cool as well.
0: Yeah, in um, terms of history, it's like such a cool area to explore. Yeah, like sure. during the height of the Mongol Empire, and they still couldn't mm. they still couldn't even land on the mainland because they failed to mm. take Tsushima. I'm curious how true to the history it is it just looks so exciting to be honest
1: it does like the more i think about it like as as a historical time like i, I think it interests me and intrigues me just as much as um what they're doing in assassin's creed and, mm. and possibly even more so i, d- I just think that and, and just the you know the beauty of the world as well like what they've showcased yeah. with like the like you were saying the detail with like the leaves falling and kind of the we're moving through the grass How have like, the
0: environments look like with the cherry blossom trees mm. and, like talk about a setting that game yeah, looks so good. it looks beautiful so we're finally here, our most anticipated game, and which it's one. No surprise! Yeah, so. it's been delayed, and it's been delayed,
1: and it's been delayed, and it's
0: been delayed. <laughs> but Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is coming out November nineteenth, probably. And um, this is a game that was announced in two thousand and thirteen. Yeah, with which that is crazy A really cool trailer, but mm. man, it has been a long road. And like talking about confidence, CD Projekt are mm. confident. They are so confident because they've shown us so much of this game. They're doing little updates. There may be one in the next couple weeks. A yeah. Bit more cyberpunk. They've given it out for other people to play, none us. We're not mm. special? Um, and everything is just overwhelmingly positive. It is like they, They've.
1: I think it's cool that they've. Um. Like they, the people that have got access to it haven't really been able. They've only really been able to kind of talk about it, like not really show off gameplay. Mm-hmm. But I think there was that they showed off a good four or five hours, didn't they? Because I think there was a video I was watching where they showed the gameplay they had access to was all three starting areas because apparently there's like three different kind of like starting areas. Yeah, depending you can, yeah. on your kind of character. Yeah,
0: but I think what Cyberpunk is doing incredibly well is how that world just- The world looks like it's indescribable how good this game looks, how big mm. this game looks, and how Witcher 3 has basically meant that no matter what this team makes, it's going to be exciting.
1: Yeah, for sure. And it's like the the one word that I would use- with this game, which I, I think was, like, true of Red Dead Redemption 2 as well as, like, Ambition. Like, it's it, it's a really ambitious game. And it's, like, I, I, I kind of get the sense that, like, given just the sheer volume of it and the size of it, like, not everything necessarily will work maybe as planned. Or, like, like we saw that thing recently about, like, how there was a mechanic that was kind of removed. and Wall running. The wall running mechanic, yeah. And it's, like, I think that's kind of inevitable with a game of this size. Like, it's inevitable that, like, ideas will be kind of like not fully fleshed out and like things will maybe not work as well as others but given the sheer kind of like as i say ambition of it like it's a really important thing for for the medium like to have games that really try to push the boundaries like that in terms of yeah. the level of detail and just and just the sheer size of the world um you know they're talking about like how many hours it might take to beat this game and stuff and it's, it's just yeah it's really exciting it's like
0: nine districts so i didn't even realize an outside area was going to be part of it yeah so It's really incredible and almost overwhelming how big this game can potentially be. Which which even to an extent, like, it's
1: crazy thinking about it, but, like, even Witcher 3 was, which had kind of mainly three distinct areas, but, like, this is- Witcher 3 kind of had that where it sort of felt overwhelming at times, but I think this one will be even more so. Like, it's how much time do you need to set aside to, like, to really kind of explore this world.
0: Yeah, like, there's a reason it's our most anticipated- and I'm planning on getting a computer that like comes out around the same time. So that makes so it probably, it's probably the first game I'm going to play on it. Yeah. And like the things this game supports on PC, which is like DLSS 2.0, which you're unfamiliar, is basically there's a AI built into the chip that upscales images to higher than they should be. So a 1080p image can scale to 4K or higher. Um, hmm. Basically a bit better, actually, in their examples. But yeah, with the performance awesome. of that resolution... So it's just like, this game's going to look good, run mm. well, and just be game of the year. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, I, that, that's the thing. I can't really see, especially given the backlash against Last of Us 2. So, like, I, I don't know whether that will spread because it, it was very, like, well-received critically. Um, it'll be interesting how that plays out. But I can't really see much else that's going to be able to compete with Cyberpunk 2077. I think just just looking at in terms of, like, what's coming out for this year. Um, i think it's it's definitely going to be kind of the obvious the obvious choice 2020
0: still got a lot of games to release yeah we don't sure. know all the launch trials of the next gen consoles mm. there's a lot we don't know yet but for now this is our most anticipated games for the rest of 2020 and uh, i can't wait to delve into playing lots of them yeah for sure okay so moving on to a segment we're going to repeat but basically, weeks on end is um what will a developer be remembered for this generation? So we're looking back at all the games, well, all the developers we think had an interesting generation. And I think we want to start off with one of the more interesting ones, a new studio. Mm. From basically, just as this generation started, and that is Respawn Entertainment. And so I think Respawn Entertainment were one of the most... Exciting new studios and throughout this generation they've proven themselves again and again so mm. I think we should start by saying it was founded by X Infinity Ward founders Vince Sampella and Jason West who are basically why Call of Duty is what it is and mm. developed the best one, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 you yeah. stand by
1: that. And it's and it's yeah, I, I agree, like certainly in terms of the multiplayer. And it's and it's interesting that this they kind of emerged from the ashes of like that game. Like it was like literally like to me almost like the high watermark of that series. And then it kind of ended really bitterly between them and Activision. They ended up being really this new studio. Yeah. So it was kind of an interesting sort of um sort of evolution of like how that studio came about, like after this really this really great game, like a really
0: successful game. And then they created a game published by EA for the xbox one launch was titanfall and i think titanfall was a very exciting game that was going to show you what multiplayer can be in this generation and i don't think it was fully ever reached the potential of what this game showed off right at the start but basically first person shooter mechs i mean already what more could you want and, like, a really cool online multiplayer mixing in a story campaign and multiplayer games at the same time.
1: Yeah, for sure. And also, they something they've really sort of, like, pushed with that was also the AI. Like, the fact that, like ai would be like a big part of it where you'd have these really big battles as well and like they were kind of marketing that as like a really big next gen thing like it was to me it was a game that that even from the marketing and kind of the way they pushed it like it actually felt as if it kind of earned that title of being next gen like just kind of the scale of it and it was very it was very fluid the movement and stuff like the wall running and it was like very fast paced and it just felt like something kind of fresh and original
0: and they somehow added an auto aiming pistol that was well received which is like smart pistol yeah i'm amazed that, that went through i think the ai were called drones and there was like lots of regular ai but then there were players as well which kind of gave you a better feeling of scale mm. and i think the designs for everything in this game were really cool the mechs were awesome mm.
1: yeah and it was like I, th- I think it was to be it was to be admired like really and i think it was like part of them like obviously forming this new sort after Cod, like it was it was just cool to see them doing something in a genre that it just had seemed to be stagnating for a while as well. Yeah. Like it just kind of like needed something like new that wasn't just kind of like a fresh coat of pain and stuff. And
0: Arguably it still needs that. <laughs>
1: yeah, for sure. And it's like it, the actual mech combat itself, I think as well felt like really right. Like it felt kind of like really, you know, sort of like heavy and like it, it just had that kind of weight behind it, which I thought was really cool. Um, So it was, yeah, it, it was a very, I think probably the thing that held it back the most was the, the lack of content, like at least at launch, like a, it had a very, it pretty much had like no single player content to speak of, really. Yeah. Um, and it was, yeah, it, it sort of even in terms of multiplayer, it, it didn't have enough longevity, I think, for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, well, that's why they tried the campaign in multiplayer scenario. Yeah. And um, after that, they worked on Fight and fall Two. This is one of the more interesting times of like learning lessons of when to release a game. Yeah, big time. And uh, the lesson is, don't release it between Battlefield. In Call of Duty. Because people- there's already enough shooters. Those two mm. big ones. And then the two you release, biggest- I
1: mean, basically the two biggest rival shooters, like in, yeah. that, in that genre, yeah.
0: And then you release another one in between it. Utterly stupid. And such so a crazy. shame. Because Titanfall 2 is a successor in every single way. I think the addition of a campaign- And not just any campaign. Mm. Like one of the best FPS shooter campaigns ever made, in my opinion. Mm. It was quite short- but it came with so many different ideas that really just like, kept it interesting throughout those five hours I played it Yeah. for the first time. I 100 at it. I did everything in that campaign. Mm. And like I didn't regret a single second I spent playing that campaign because it was just so good. The combination of mechs and all these different mechanics, there's a certain level that people have spoken about to death where you click between past and present, which gave me Portal vibes. Which is (laughs) always a good thing because Portal is incredible. Like, it just really was a good solid five hours of just pure entertainment. And that's what a shooter Mm. campaign should be, I reckon. Yeah, and it's
1: interesting when you say that because, like, I, I never played Titanfall 2. But I remember reading reviews that said, like, very similar to the vein of what you were saying that, like... This actually really shows like what a good like first person shooter campaign can be because it also it wasn't bloated in terms of its length. Like like you said, it was like five six hours of like just really entertaining, yeah. fast paced like fun. And that that to me is kind of something I think that's been lost even within shooters as well, where they feel like they have to be you know really drawn out and have like super long cut scenes and be like really long. But it's like if you can have a really tight like anywhere really between five to eight hours like for a shooter like that that's a good length like you can do that mm. in a couple of settings and it's it's really enjoyable and then it had that great multiplayer to go along with it so it's it's a shame that it launched at the time it did because yeah. it could have been a much greater success than it was
0: yeah and it could have it's like it's funny thinking back like out of all the shooter games like i don't often go back and 100 percent it complete on the max difficulty yeah but i did for titanfall 2 because i loved it just so mm. much it sold 4 million copies, which is a bit less than the 7 Titanfall sold, obviously, because we're at launch on all platforms, mind you. So that is just mm. further example of, like, don't do that ever again with a Metacritic higher of N87 by one point. Yeah. So after that, they worked on a game that literally came out of nowhere. Mm. No one, There was kind of leaks, and then it was out, and that was Apex Legends. Yeah. And I just want to say the stats we got because... It blew me away. Yeah, I I did not realise how good that game was. After eight hours, there were a million players. After a week, there were 25 million players. After its first month, there were 50 as of the release of- It was early this year, wasn't it? Late last year Ah. was Apex Legends Season 3 with 70 million players throughout the world. So you were thinking, like, I guess we were thinking at that point, like, Battle Royale was kind of on the downhill. Like, Fortnite's clearly won. And then in comes mm. Apex out of nowhere by a really good studio.
1: Yeah. Like is there, is there a place for like, you know, like another kind of like massive kind of like in, you know, MOBAs now as well. Mm. Um, like it's, yeah. Like it, it was so interesting to see it sort of come in at that time.
0: Yeah. And it's weird that it overtook PUBG because that was the OG was PUBG. That rhymes. And um, it is the third fiddle now. Like Apex yeah. just swooped in under the radar and decided to have a go at Fortnite and got very close to succeeding.
1: Yeah. And it was very something I didn't realise because, like, I I think we're both kind of the same where it's, it's just kind of, like, not really our thing. Like, we're not really- it's obviously the in vogue thing at the moment is like Battle Royales, but it's just something I've never really kind of like got into, like into that. Well, I like I, I tend to gravitate more towards single player games nowadays anyway. So it probably would have interested me less anyway. Yeah. And it's also, um, it's also a very like looking at the reviews for Apex. Well, it's a very like critically respected game as well. Like it's very like, mm. you know, obviously, um. You know, very polished and like very respected. So, it's, but it's just looking at those numbers. I mean, it's incredible that they have had that reach where they've reached seventy million players. I mean, that that's as of last year as well. Mm. Um, you know,
0: end so, of last year. About how Respawn have done so well for EA because just before yeah. this they were purchased by EA. So, kind of a, a good purchase by EA for a publisher that's had not a great look and now releasing one of the most incredibly successful games. Yeah, now coming to Steam, coming to Switch, coming to everywhere. So, like, really cool to see respawn to succeed so well after two games that were successful, but not, but didn't reach, yeah, certainly didn't reach that level. And and like you said, it's
1: interesting that it's now carved them out as like a genuine competitor to Fortnite because it it probably almost seemed kind of like a foregone conclusion that Fortnite would just be would just be dominant in that kind of like space. So it's yeah, it's it's cool to like just for the pure like competition, like it'll keep within that like industry, like them kind of innovating and sort of competing with each other as well. Yeah.
0: And like hitting that amount of players is something not even games like Halo and Call of Duty can offer. Yeah,
1: there. I mean seventy million is is a huge amount of players, but by any metric, yeah,
0: yeah, that is a hard number to hit. And Respawn did it, so like, yeah, talk about a great start for a studio. Yeah, Apex they started
1: this generation. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and then what they did next was working with one of the, if not the biggest pop culture IP on the face of the earth, Star Wars, and Jedi. Yeah. It was Jedi Fallen Order released. Absolutely stupidly. I still hate this to this day, where Andrea Renee went over to Vince Pella in the crowd. We're making a Star Wars game. It's he said where it's set and stuff, and that was it. I'm gonna remember that as the dumbest announcement for a video game as long as I live.
1: Yeah, and for like, and it was so crazy because it like it was for not only like a really good studio that like had made time for and stuff, but like for a Star Wars game, which is like a huge deal. Like by any like yeah by any stand, especially you know like a a, a good like campaign like third person like star wars game that was like you know really like high production values and stuff like it's yeah it, it always struck me so odd with that
0: announcement they got the director of god of war 3 Stig asmussen to jump over to their studio yeah to helm game this game director. and like mm-hmm. for, to get the director of that game to be in charge of a third person action kind of game is a very Good decision. Yeah, And it definitely paid off with the game being as good as it was. Mm. And it's one of the best Star Wars games I've played, despite them tackling ideas that maybe didn't work and it being a bit buggy at launch. Like, they have admitted they rushed it out just because Mm. Disney probably wanted it out for the movie. Yeah. yeah, Episode 9. And so it released on November 15th and sold more than 10 million units by March 31st this year. So I think it's well-deserved that it did as well as it did, because obviously it's Star Wars, but it merged Star Wars with Dark Souls effectively. Yeah. It put a little bit of sprinkle of Titanfall with the war running and a little bit of Uncharted, and it just, while it being nothing, it didn't reinvent the wheel or anything like that, but like games before, like World of Warcraft, they combine things that worked from a lot of other games to create this kind of best case of all of them. Yeah. Which is exactly what they did with Fallen Order. Had a lot of good moments, a lot of highs felt like a star wars adventure yeah set in the best time period which is between three and four and yeah i just think as far as star wars games go it's one of the best in a long time yeah so really for studio like this is a really good start and then latest title will be Medal of honor above and beyond yeah vr the Oculus game. Rift. which I just, I just want to say i love the title because it's Medal of honor above and beyond
1: the Call of Duty. The call of Duty. <laughs> nice, like <laughs> sly reference to that.
0: Despite it being it's VR and like Activision, I've been worried about it going into next gen. Though Vince Zampella is heading Dice LA, which they're gonna—he's going rename—and my assumption is probably respawn related because that's such a successful one. Ah, uh, they've said they will be making a Titanfall three, and EA CEO Andrew Wilson referred to November 2019's Jedi Fallen Order the start of a franchise. Mm. So clearly this studio has places to go and basically what will Respawn Entertainment be remembered for this generation? It's for Apex's success, being one of the most successful new studios in recent memory. Mm. A bit of originality in FPS sort of went on to affect Call of Duty again, and a very successful brand new IP called Titanfall. But I think that's about it for this episode of Quick Save the Podcast. Thank you so very much for joining us. I've been Mitch and joining me has been Callum.
1: Cheers, no rest.
0: If you enjoyed the show, please share it to your friends and make sure to follow or subscribe on your podcast service of choice so you'll be ready for more episodes of the podcast. Hope we'll see you again as is always a podcast to save quickly.